Sharp and the Square, episode number 54. We are back and better than ever. Matt Howe alongside of Justin Santoup. PGA Championship this weekend at Kiowa Island in South Carolina. Justin, it's been a while. How the hell are you? I'm good. I'm good. Um, I'm working, man. Wow, what a, what a fun response you just gave there. Way to, way, to, way to really keep the listeners engaged 30 seconds in. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm okay. I wish I was doing better. You know, I wish I was golfing more and, and um, you know, hanging in there, taking it day by day. Hanging in. That's what we're all doing, brother. We're hanging in one day at a time, living the dream. Isn't that what they say? Living the dream? Yes. Um, I, I don't, you know, some days, the, some days the dream is better than others. That is for sure. All right, Justin. So when we look at this course, Kiowa Island, what is the best course comparison? Have they played here on the tour before? Who's won here on the tour before? Let's start with the course before we take a look at the odds board. Yeah, great question, right? So the ocean course at Kiowa Island is an absolute beast. Um, 7,800 yards right on the ocean. Pete Dye design, kind of all tricked out. No real rough, a ton of fescue, uh, a ton of bunkers, like waste areas, sand all over the place. Um right on the Atlantic ocean. Um, and it's, it's the longest course in major championship history. Wow. It's going to play that way. Yeah. Uh, They played here before in 2012. Um, Rory McIlroy won by, I want to say seven or eight strokes. He just kind of, he, he popped off. Um, it wasn't a major championship, right? It was, he won the PGA. It was the PGA here. He won the PGA in 2012. Okay. Um, and he just kind of boat raced the field um, because I don't know when you're the best player in the world, which he was at the time. Um, and, you know, he, he may still be. Um, and you play. I mean, they're certainly pricing him that way. Yeah. And, and we'll get to that. But I think, I think right now that there are like Rory basically played his best possible week that week. He played to his ceiling. And when, these golfers that are at Rory's level, like maybe DJ or Bryson or um, JT, uh, w- when these guys play to their ceilings, like they can, they can lap the field. Like we've seen it before. Um, we've seen it with DJ. Like we, we saw it with Bryson at the U S open. Like when they played their best golf, um, they can just look like they're playing a different course than anybody else. And that's what Rory did in 2012 when he won. Um, it's tough to really find comp courses because uh it's just, How long it is? It's just yeah. It's such a unique venue in the way it's it's kind of built, right? So it's it's not just a long hard course. It's link style and it's coastal, and so there are very few courses um, in the United States uh, that we played on the PGA Tour that fit that narrative, like seventy five hundred yards or more, which is just an absolute bear um, coastal, right, on a body of water and link style, which means not thick, heavy, rough, not traditional parkland golf, like, like out there wind blowing links, like not a lot of trees, like just runoffs, fescue bunkers, like all types of like tricked out nonsense. Right. So there are three courses that I have found that fit that narrative. Um, Whistling Straits, which is also a Pete Dye design. They played the U S open at Whistling Straits in 2010 Uh, or maybe it was the PGA, maybe they played the PGA championship there in 2010. Um, 
No, I think it was the U.S. Open in 2010, and they played the 2015 PGA Championship there as well. Uh, so Whistling Straits is one of them. Shinnecock uh, is another one that's on Long Island, I believe, and it is another coastal track. They played the U.S. Open there in 2018. And Chambers Bay, which is on the Pacific Ocean in Washington, um, they played the U.S. Open there in 2015. These courses are all 7,500 yards or more, and links style and on a body of water. So those are the three courses I used as like my primary uh, comps, but uh, man, it should be a blast. It's yeah. long, hard, windy. Should be fun. Should be fun. So, so who popped in those courses based on course history? Right. So it's, it's tough to get too much of a, to, to dig too deep into the course history from like, I don't know, 10, 12 years ago. Cause it's just, cause there's so many guys who aren't on the tour back then. Bingo. It's a different game. Like, like, yeah. like JT is pound for pound, maybe the best golfer on the planet right now. Like just maybe the most consistent. Um, he, he will, I don't think he played in a, in a, in a major until 2017. So, and, and like John Rahm, Bryson. Um, and that's before we even talk about like the, the, the real new class, right. Hovland and Morigod and Morikawa. Um, you know, like all these guys were not, were not a thing. Like Morikawa, when, PG, when, when Rory won the PGA, like Morikawa was like probably like 12, you know, like in 2012, like it's right. just, so it's totally different, but um, there are guys that do have really good course history on some of these courses. Um, Brooks Kepka, um, specifically in 2015 at the PGA at Whistling, he finished fifth. Uh, he won the U.S. Open at Shinnecock. Um, 2018 and at Chambers Bay, he finished 18th. Um, Dustin Johnson, this is a name that really stands out to me. Um, no, duh. He finished at Whistling Straits. I think it was in 2010, not in 2015, in 2010. So this is way early on. He had a one stroke lead on the 18th hole. And he grounded his club in a bunker without knowing that it was an actual bunker. So it ended up being a two-shot penalty. And he triple bogeyed the 18th when Parr would have won his first major in 2010. Um, that was on the 18th hole. He also finished third at Shinnecock, comp course, and finished second to Spieth at Chambers Bay, comp course. And in that second to Spieth at Chambers Bay, he had 12 feet for eagle and a victory on the 18th hole. Missed it, ran it about four five feet past the hole and then missed his comebacker for birdie that would have forced a tiebreaker the next day and a three putt from 12 feet, something that, that I would do um, to, to, to lose the U S open essentially in 2015. So DJ really pops. Um, and then you just think about hard golf courses, right? Patrick Reed always plays well at hard golf courses. He's got great finishes here. Uh, fourth at Chinnacock, um, 14th at Chambers Bay, uh, Louis Oosthuizen is another guy who tends to play these courses really well. And, you know, obviously Rory, um, so those are the guys that really pop, but like, those are the, the tough thing about them. Right. And this is where you really got to be careful. Um, and obviously Jordan Spieth too. Spieth won, won at Chambers Bay in 2015. He, he, he finished second at Whistling Straits in 2015. But the thing is you got to be careful, right? Because, um, it's just, it's a totally different crop of golfers. So yeah. you, know, you were beating different guys in 2015 than you were sure, you sure. now. Sure. All right. So let's get into the odds board, right? Um, we're going to start at the top, work our way down. So when I look at this odds board, I'm on FanDuel right now. You can obviously shop around, get some different value on different guys, on different books, but I'm on FanDuel. Let's talk about like the top seven. 
guys who are priced at 20 to 1 and under. We're going to start with the top. Rory McIlroy, 11 to 1. John Rahm, 15 to 1. Justin Thomas is 16 to 1. Dustin Johnson, 18 to 1. Spieth is 18 to 1. DeShambo, 19 to 1. And Xander Shoffley, the X-Man, is 20 to 1. Of those seven guys, what pops out to you as value or who's super live or who's on your card, who's not? Break it down. Yeah, so um, Rory is the deserving favorite. Um, off a win. One here, the only other time that they played here. And I love Rory. I've got a soft spot for Rory. I, you can't bet him at 11 to 1 when you've got such a – an awesome crop of names behind him. It's just, it's, it's tough. Could Rory win? Absolutely. That's why sure. he's my favorite, but like, no that's, value. Not where, that's not where I want to go. I don't think that, I don't think the number is, I mean, he, he was what 20 to one at Quail Hollow a couple weeks ago. And now he's 11 to one at, in a, just because of that win. Yeah. in in obviously a much stronger field. Like I, and I love Rory and I think he's playing great. And of course he's really live this week. I just, that's, that's not where I'm, where I'm looking. Um, right. I think there's something off with John Rom. I'm not quite sure what it is. I can't put my finger on it, but he hasn't contended in a long time. Like he's playing good golf. Um, his numbers check out, but like you expect to turn, turn on a golf tournament on a Sunday and see that John Rahm is in the mix. And he really hasn't been since like Tory, Tory Pines. Um, like he, he backdoors top tens all the time. And that's just right that's not indicative of being in contention. So I'm kind of overlooking John Rahm um, looking past John Rahm. I should say, I don't think I'm sure. overlooking him. I just, I don't love him. Uh, JT is always intriguing because JT's approach play is magnificent, but you know, it, I think the, the, the difficulty um like it's he not long enough for this course. No, he's plenty long. And that's the thing. Like you need length here. Like you need to be long as, as shit and you have to have a great short game um, where I don't necessarily love JT is he, he, he tends to be erratic off the tee. Like sometimes he just sprays it randomly and you can't spray it here because you'll end up in some sort of weird fescue and just be totally dead. Um, and JT's not a good putter. Like he can get scorching hot with the putter, but it's just, I don't love him. I haven't at, seen him be hot with the putter in a long time. Uh, yeah, we saw it at the players, but that was the last time. I mean, at, at right. the Valspar, like he he was so good tee to green. And he if he just had, he couldn't make a putt, he lost seven strokes putting. It was crazy. Um, I like JT. Obviously, like if he putts, he could win. Like he's that good. Like his tee to green game is just so elite. Um, and if he just has a good week with the putter, like he can win. But I don't, I don't love the golf course for him. And I don't love JT on hard golf courses. Like for whatever reason, he just strikes me as a guy that can go out there and make more birdies um, just because his iron play is so good. But when the going gets tough, like I'm not sure he's, I'm not sure he has that, that edge to him that I think some of these other guys may have. Um, All right. After those first three, I start to get really intrigued by the next couple names. Um, Bryson at 16 to 1, 18 to 1, 19 to 1. I mean, 19 to 1 on FanDuel right now. That's, I mean, that's a wild number for the longest guy um, yeah. PGA Tour and at a course that's going to play the longest ever. Like, obviously, being the longest player on tour is a huge asset. That's what Bryson is. I don't love him um, because I don't love, I don't love him in wind. And we talked about this a little bit before we even started because 
he's so meticulous and he's so mathematical that I think he tries to calibrate for everything. And you just can't calibrate for like the winds changing off the Atlantic ocean. Like it's just not, it, it changes in a moment's notice. You know, right. like it's, it's not something that you can have calculated in your, your yardage book. Like, Oh, on the, on the 14th hole, the wind's going to be blowing 24 miles an hour crosswind from east to west. It's, time. Just, it's not yeah. what, ha- yeah, that's just right. not how, how it's going to go here. Um, which I think is going to really be hard for him. And I think he can get frustrated um, if things aren't matching up quite to his numbers. And that's, that's not where I like Bryson. And I think that's why Bryson won at winged foot because not that it wasn't windy, but it, it was just a, such a long straight golf course with thick rough. And it was just like all out in front of you. And that's not what this place is. It's tricked out. And I don't, I don't love Bryson on a tricked out golf course. The next two guys I really do like um, DJ and Spieth. Spieth man is playing such great golf and he links style. I mean, he's not very long, but like, he's got an amazing short game. His approach plays awesome. He's always spraying it off the tee. So like, it, it won't be anything new to him. Like he's going to find himself in uncomfortable spots and figure out a way out of it. He's going for the career grand slam this week. Like I really like, yeah. like he, he's so live and I'm not a speed guy. I haven't bet it. I won't bet it. Um, but I'm not going to fade him either. And I'd look to, I'd look to back him if you could, like, I think he's really, he's a, he's a weapon this week, his short game, like when the course is long and hard, like your short game is like the, it's even more important um, because you're going to miss so many greens and regulation. Like you've got to be able to get up and down from uncomfortable spots. And there are two guys on the planet that I trust getting up and down from really uncomfortable spots. It's Jordan Spieth and Patrick Reed. And we'll get to Patrick Reed in a little bit. So Spieth totally live here. Um, but there's one guy who's got my money at the top of the odds board and it's Dustin Johnson. Um, number one player in the world top three finishes at the, at the three courses, the, at the three comp courses I mentioned earlier from South Carolina playing in his home state. Nobody's talking about him. His odds have drifted. Like there was a time where DJ was like eight to one in a similar field, right. At, at like Riv at Riviera, um, the Genesis. Now he's almost pushing 20 to one. Like I think there are spots where you can get him at 18, 19 to one. Like that is number one player in the world in his home state He's finished top three in the three comp courses. Like this guy who plays great on Pete Dye tracks, plays great in the wind. He's long as he's as long as anybody on the planet, not named Bryson. Well, like, and when you think about wind and having to adjust on the fly, like nobody does it better than DJ because he's just kind of nonchalant, like whatever out there. Like, give me the distance, let's see what the wind is, and let's go. I'm like, dude, man, it just I'm getting like the the feels on DJ this week, and I'm not. I'm not always on DJ. Like he's not like my favorite golfer. Like I don't, I don't have a soft spot for him the way I have a soft spot for, for Brooks and for Rory. Like, I just don't, I don't have that for DJ, but I've hit DJ twice, you know, in the last calendar year. Um, and this just feels really like a really good spot for him. Like he's just under the radar enough playing just well enough and everything kind of fits enough where it's like, he is the play this week. And if I was in a one and done pool, I would be all over DJ. So DJ's my guy. Um, and like, I'm seeing in spots, like he's priced the same as Hovland and Xander, which like, you just can't do like DJ's the number one player. Hey, come in the on. World. He's better than that. Right. He is. And as yeah. I love, I love Vic and he's playing great. And Xander, another guy who, who is really fantastic, but like these guys haven't won the events that DJ's won. Like this is a, this is a major championship on a major championship course. Like 
could Xander win? Sure. Could Hovland win? Sure. But like the same number as DJ, like you can give me DJ at 18 or Hovland at 20 or Xander at 20. Like, come on, man. Like give me DJ at 18. Like it's right, enough. Right, 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 right. So then the last guy on this list is Shoffley, 20 to one. Not, not a big fan of Shoffley this week either. It's not that I'm not a big fan of him. It's just like, like I just said, right. I mean, you've got Xander at 20 and you got DJ at 18. Like you should, like, you should just, it's, you shouldn't even have to like question it. Like I okay. love Xander, but Xander, Xander doesn't, Xander hasn't won in a while. Like Xander doesn't really win. Definitely hasn't. And, and like, I, I'd be lying if I said that the tee shot that he hit on 16 at the masters, the par three, when he was making a run on Hideki and basically staring him down and like had a chance to really go snatch the masters. And the fact that he, he, psyched himself out and put it in the drink like that's that's a red flag to me like if you right. can't if you can't seal the deal on a sunday like you gotta you gotta show me that you can seal a deal on a sunday before you can be pr- priced with the guys that actually do seal the deal on sundays you know right 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 all right so breaking down the top seven you like speak you like dj out of those top seven on the odds boards now let's get into guys like 45 to one and under but over 20 to one, these are the guys that I got right now on the FanDuel draft board. I'm looking at Vic Hovland, 22 to one, and then, or 22, yeah, 20, 22 to one. And then you got a big jump from Hovland to Morikawa at 30 to one. Daniel Berger's at 31. Hideki Matsuyama's 33 to one. Patty Reed, a guy you said you already liked at 36 to one. Finau, 40 to one. Cam Smith, Webb Simpson, Brooks Kepka, and Patrick Cantlay all in that 40 to 45 range couple guys pop here i know you like brooks i know you like brooks how can you not like brooks but patrick reed at 36 to one some some interesting names in that in that tier yeah so the mid tiers tends to be like the my favorite tier to bet in right you get the Um, most value yeah i think so because these guys aren't far off from the super elites but like they're priced like two times better right Right. at like typically at a normal tournament like you look at like maybe a rom at 15 versus like a read at 30 and it's like they win the same amount they, they win like the same amount of times per year and like they win just as often like there's more value on the read 30 than the rom 15 but um yeah the the mid tier is fascinating this week because you got you've got it's a loaded it's a loaded uh mid-range um i like patrick reed uh, a lot um like a dangerous amount uh, because Patrick is just, he's, he, he just, when the course is hard, when the going is hard, he's a grinder. Give me Patrick Reed. He's a grinder. No, like this guy, he is a big game hunter. When you need a, when you need to get up and down from some wacky ass spot to like stay within striking distance on the back nine on Saturday, just to make sure you're in position on Sunday, like give me fatty Patty Reed. Like that's his, that's his game. It's his bread and butter. He's not super long off the tee, but like you don't need to be. And he's got like a consistent low ball flight, which is really important in the wind. This is a guy who I love in the wind and in hard conditions where like, it's, it's a grind. It's a 72 hole battle. Um, Right. Like this is the type of major where I could really see Patrick Reed going and, uh, somehow squeezing it out by shooting four under par and making enough pars on Sunday to seal the deal. So I really like Patrick Reed. And if you can get him at 30 to one or better, like that's, that's the go zone. Like this guy wins enough to pay it off for you. Um, There are a lot of other intriguing names. Like we can't not mention Victor Hovland, but like 22 to one is just, it's too rich for my blood. Steep, steep. 
he's probably the most popular play in DFS this week, um, which makes sense. He's playing unbelievable golf. He is a top five ball striker on the planet. I don't love a short game and I'm not sure that his breakthrough win comes at the PGA. Although like this does seem to be the spot where people have their breakthrough wins. Like um, JT had his, his breakthrough at a PGA championship. Um, Keegan Bradley did a while ago at a PGA championship. Uh, Colin Morikawa, obviously last year at a PGA. So like, you know, I, I guess that would kind of fit that narrative, but I just think this place could play so hard where you need to be more than just a ball striking monster. And I don't know if Hovland's going to be able to seal the deal. Uh, I, I do love Vic, but it's, it's a little bit too, too difficult for me to reach that high for Hovland. He's just a little too expensive. Um, however, I will say this <laughs> full disclosure. I did get a good number on Vic a few weeks ago or a few months ago as, as a future. And like, at 40 to one is, is a better number than 20 to one, like hands sure. down. So I, I don't love him at this price, but like if he was closer to 40, like that, that would have been a play um, and, and was a play for me. Um, Daniel Berger's a guy who I'm on uh, Pete Dye course, coastal tracks, plays him well, really good short game, really good iron player hits a bunch of fairways. Wouldn't surprise me if Daniel Berger won this week. I just think the, the number's good on him at 33, 30 to one. I think that's, I think that's fair. And I think that he's knocking on the door of like a really big win and it wouldn't surprise me if it came this week. And I think his game fits uh, totally passing over Hideki have no interest in, in Tony never wins fee now. Yep. Um, Cam Smith's really interesting. I mean, he's got a great short game. Like he's been playing really good golf this season He's not really my style, so I'm not betting him. I, but I think there are people that really like him, and I can't fault you for, for wanting to be on Cam Smith. Patrick Cantley is another interesting name. I mean, this is a guy who a month ago was as as uh, as popular as anybody on tour. He was like 17, 18 to 1 at the Genesis, which is one of the – as close as we've come to um, – a major outside of the masters this season, just in terms of field strength. Uh, he was, you know, he was right up there with the top of the board. He's really fallen quite a bit, but he's a peak die specialist. He tends to do most of his damage on the West coast. So I don't love him. Um, and he's really struggling coming in. I think three straight missed cuts, but like, he's probably a sneaky play, but I can't, I can't quite get there. Um, but 40, 45 to one is the proper price. Webb, I always love Webb, but the course is too long for him. It's just too. He's long. a bunter. He bunts it off the tee, and you can't bunt it here. Like I've been right. reading, I've been reading all week. Like guys are hitting, like on par fours, they're hitting driver three wood, and like the long hitter yeah. from driver wow. three wood into great. Like it's just crazy. Like, That's insane. Yeah, like well, the way that when the wind's in your face, like there's just it's already a 500 yard par four, and now the wind's in your face. Like it's just. Like you're hitting three irons into the greens and it's just so hard to hold the green. It's hard. Like that's just like, I, I just don't think Webb is long enough. I just don't. And he had a neck issue a couple of weeks ago. And like, that's, that freaks me out a little bit. Like, is he really that healthy? I don't know. I'm not, I'm not in love with it. Um, I just think he's, I don't think he's long enough off the tee. And I just don't think this is the spot for him. Brings us to Brooks. There are 50 to ones out there on Brooks Kepka. I mean, the sports it's book right now on on DraftKings. The sports books needs to need to learn their lesson. 
Like I know Brooks is hurt or whatever. Like he can't he can't bend down to read a putt, but like he's Brooks Kepka. Yeah. And like this guy is the biggest game hunter on the planet. He has won, he has won at some serious comp courses, one at Shinnecock, uh, played great at Whistling Straits, one at Aaron Hills. Like this guy, when the course is hard and long and guys just don't have what it takes to stay in the mix, like Brooks Kepka, that's when he thrives because he's just gonna stay patient, he's gonna trust his game. And look, he he played last week. He missed the cut. He didn't make it. Didn't make anything all week. Missed a ton of putts. But I, I'm not stressed about that because he's a great putter. He's one of the best putters on the tour. He drove the ball really well. Like that's what's important to me. If Brooks is driving it well, game on. And um, if he if he's a, like fifty to one, like what are we doing? Like yeah, this guy yeah, yeah. has won four majors in the last five years, six years. Like I got what a are trivia we question doing? for you. Yeah, what's up? Okay, best score to par in the majors since 2015. Can you name the top four? Um, since I'm putting you on the spot. Okay, that's uh, uh, so Brooks, number one by a lot. He is 98 under since 2015 in major tournaments. Okay, DJ, Dustin Johnson is third on the list at 58 under. So since 2015. Yep. You got two guys left. You already got two out of four in your first two guesses. 2015. I'm, I'm going to guess Spieth is probably in there too since 2015. Spieth is number two. He is 67 under. And then and, who uh, is number four? Probably either Reed or Webb. Incorrect. Okay, who is it? He is from England. Um, It's not Rory, is it? It's a savvy vet. No, Rose? Rory's not from England. Come on. In Northern Ireland. Rose? Justin Rose, 45 yeah. under in major tournaments hmm. since 2015. Is Rose playing this week? Yeah. He's priced playing. at 85 to 1. I'm not – no interest in Justin Rose for me. Of course, of course. But, yeah, so I, I just – I'm with you. Like, I like, – No, no, but, you did pretty good there. I'm impressed. Yeah, well, it's what you just said. Like, I mean, Brooks is – Yeah, he's a gamer. He's, he's one. a like, big he's, game hunter. Like, that's just – we bet on the ceiling. We bet okay. on the ceiling. All right. So the next tier of guys, there's a lot of guys, 50, between 50 and 100. Yes. You also have some plays on. Yes. So there is a bunch of value on this board. Um, I'm looking at guys like Joaquin Neiman, Abe Answer, yeah. Terrell Hatton. Yeah. You like yeah, those all, guys? All good names? Yeah, all great names. I don't I don't love Answer. I don't think he's long enough. Um, I think a lot of people are going to like Answer because he's like a Pete Dye king and he's yeah. playing such good golf. Like, I think if you look at his finishes, like it's just, it's just, he's just peppering top tens the last few weeks. I just, he's basically like, I look at him the same way I look at Webb, the same way I look at Kevin Kisner, like really good golfers. And there are a bunch of courses on the PGA tour that where distance is not a factor where I think these guys should be, I don't know, close to the top of the board, but not this place, not this week. Like you got to hit the ball. You got to move it off the tee and you got to move it with your long irons. Um, which leads me to Terrell Hatton. <laughs> Feisty Euro. This is going to play with wind, link style. Wind, link style. Like Terrell Hatton is a bulldog and um, proximity range from over 200 plus, which is going to be really important this week. And proximity from 175 to 200, like basically long irons. Right. 
Burrow hadn't ranked second and third respectively in those key metrics since since um, they returned from COVID. Right. So, this guy he wins a ton overseas, so like he's obviously you know experienced playing in the coastal link style wind conditions. I've had my eye on Hatton for a long time. I think fifty to one's probably a good number. That's that's the right number. Um, Fanduel opened him at seventy five to one, which is, was like a gross mistake. Um, but fifty to one's fine. He's fifty-five uh, to one on DraftKings. Fifty-five to one is a good number. Like fifty to one or better, I think could be a bet on on Terrell Hatton. Um, you mentioned Neiman. Like distance is going to be a huge factor this week. Like why not Joaquin Neiman? He's playing great. He drives the ball a long way. Great iron player. Um, I don't love his short game. That scares me. But like I don't know when when like Neiman was not like Neiman is right there with Havland in that kind of elite ball striking like high ceiling potential um, and will be an elite player on this tour for a long time. So I have no problem with Neiman at 66, especially if you like Hovland. Like the way I look at it is like any place you want to bet Victor Hovland, like you should bet Joaquin Neiman too. They're very similar styles. Um, Will Zalatoris is another guy who's playing great golf, great ball striker. Uh, a lot of people seem to like Keegan Bradley this week, man. Like I, it's probably cause he finished top five here when it was, when the PGA was at Kiowa in 2012, like, Man, I don't know. Keegan's playing great golf, but like, this is a this is a big ass for Keegan, and I I think he's I don't think he's priced properly. Like, I think he's a little bit too uh, expensive. Um, Louis Oosthuizen is eighty to one. Weird number. Guy always sh- always shows up in majors. Like, always does. Has yep. been playing awesome awesome golf. Um, long golf courses, coastal golf courses. That's where he thrives. Like. Boost didn't even pop in my models this week, but I looked at the number and I was like, I'm not going to pass this up. Like, I feel like every single time you're watching a major and you turn the TV on on a Saturday or Sunday, like Usti's there. He's there. Like, they're like, oh, yeah, look at this sweet swing of Louis Usti's. And like, like, I love Usti this week. Like, it doesn't, I mean, it it makes sense. Like, he could be really live this week. Um, A lot of people seem to like Mark Leishman. I'm not getting there. Paul Casey rates out really, really well in my models, but like this guy has been around forever and been an elite ball striker forever. And it's telling to me that he's won only like two or three times on the PGA tour. Like that's just not, right. that doesn't do it for me. So he's, um, he's not going to go out here in this crowded field in this hard ass tournament and win. Yeah, exactly. Like, could he play well? Sure. Like when I look right. for him, maybe in a matchup. Yeah. Like he could, he could play well, but, but I'm not, Paul, I'm betting on a guy to win. And like <laughs> Paul right. Casey, he's not a winner. Like he's not a winner. Um, like not Tony, everyone Fino, be winners. Yeah. Tony Fino rates out really well in all the models too, but like Fino doesn't win. So I'm not going to bet him to win. Um, yeah. That's really kind of what I'm looking at in, in that 50 to 100 range. Uh, Shane Lowry is an intriguing one. He won the open championship a few years ago. He plays well on hard golf courses. Um, there's a huge dip on Sung Jay, but this is not a Sung Jay course. Um, and Adam Scott at hundred to one can be really interesting because like he's, Savvy vet, yep. Still really long off the tee, and like if everything kind of clicks for him this week, like he's a proven winner. Like he can he can go out and, and seize it. Um, but in in that kind of mid range, like you mentioned, I'm like I'm looking at Hatton, I'm looking at Neiman, I'm looking at Usti, um, and I, I don't think like I think Casey's fine, like Zalatoris is fine, uh, like all these guys could play well, but I'm looking for guys to win, and I think I think Usti is a guy that can win. I think Terrell Hatton like really is a guy that can go out and and win. Like he's a guy that. I think we'll see it on a Sunday and be like, I'm going to go do this. I'm going to go get this one. Right. Uh, so there you go. 
All right. So then past that, 100 to 1 bombs. Is there anyone on this board that you're wagering any money on to win that's 100 to 1 or better? No. My card has ended with Usti at 80 because, you, you, I mean, you won't see me take any chances on long shots at majors because they're bombs for a reason. Um, right. Are there guys that I think can play well? Yes. Sure. Uh, I think if everything clicks for Jason Day, like he hasn't been terrible like over the last few months, like his ball striking number has been really good. And he won at Whistling Straits, which, which is a huge comp course. And I think he played well at Chambers Bay, which is a big comp course. Like he's, he's alive. Sergio, Sergio tends to play well in peak die tracks. Distance is a factor. Like he's, he's very long off the tee. Like I, I don't mind him. Um, down the odds board, like Emiliano Grillo is a great ball striker, plays well in coastal courses. Matt Kuchar is like a Pete Dye king, but like this course, I think is way too long for him. Um, and he's been playing, he's been playing good golf too. Played really good last weekend. Yes. Uh, I mean, Ricky Fowler's down there around like 150 to one. Like, screw I mean, Ricky Fowler. I mean, I don't think Ricky has a chance to win. Like, I think if I went out <laughs> in the match, I think if I went out in a match play with him, I could contend the way he's playing. Stop, stop, stop. He may have to give me he may have to give me eight or nine strokes, but I think I can hang in there. That's awesome. Um, yeah, there's not a lot down the aisle. I mean, these these guys are bombs for a reason, you know. Right, like I'm right. just not I'm not there with any of them. Um, if you're looking for like top twenty plays, like I think I think you want to target feisty guys with good short games. Like that's because like like I could see Webb and and Answer and like guys in that in that model, right. That, that type of golfer, right. The Kevin Kisner. hanging in just because their short games are that good. Right. They're because Cause they're great iron players. And like, they're not going to, they're not going to put themselves in trouble, right. They're going to hit fairways. They're going to pound fairways. They're going to try to hit greens. It's just, the course is going to be too long and over 72 holes. Like, I don't think they can win, but like, could they hang in there enough where they're, you know, where they finish T18, like sure. Um, and I think like, like I'd rather have a, like if we're talking about top 20 bets, like I'd rather take my shot on a guy like Kevin Kisner um, than a guy like Cam Champ, even though Cam Champ is so long off the tee, one of the top five longest guys on tour, like hard golf courses could eat these guys up. And I w- sure. I'd rather have a feisty golfer who's a short hitter than a, than a long golfer who just doesn't have the, that edge. Um, so what are we expecting the winning score to be at Kiowa Island? I don't know. That's a great question. I'm thinking – Look, I, I think I told you, like, I'm using Chambers Bay as my number one course comp. Um, it was a long golf course on the coast. It was the Pacific Ocean, um, but the winning score was like five under par. And I think five under is going to be, I mean, well, obviously we'll see as the, as the week goes on, but five under, I don't think any, I don't think it gets to 10, um, but, you know, some, somewhere in that range, I, look, it, it, it it's going to come down to who can, who can just scramble the best? Um, like when you get out of position, like who, like who can get themselves back into position and, and who can just, I don't know, like take advantage of, of the, I really don't know. Like, it's going to be so hard. Like, it's just going to be hard hitting into the wind. I, I, I can't wait. I think Lane, you need guys that are long off the tee and have a good short game. Like that's, you, you just need the, it, really what it comes down to Matt is like, you got to be a great golfer. Like this is going to be a test of like, every single facet of your golf game. Are you long and straight? Okay, good. If you're long and straight, can you hit close approach shots into the green? If you somehow don't hit a good close approach shot, are you going to be able to scramble and save your pars? Like it's, it's literally going to test every facet of your game. So I'm looking for really good all around golfers. Um, 
And that's where I, that's where I built my card with the really good all around golfers. All right. So what is the final card looking like? All around golfers, good all around golfers. Here we go. It's DJ. Yes. It's Dustin Johnson. It's Dustin Johnson. It's Patrick Reed. Boom. It's Daniel Berger. Burgers and locks. It's Brooks Kepka. Of course, your guy. Yep. It's Terrell Hatton. Feisty Englishman. It's Joaquin Neiman betting on his ceiling. And it's Louie, Louie, Louie. Louie. Sweet Louie. Sweet Louie. I love it. So one more time. You got seven guys. uh, Yeah. So, I mean, so yes, I have seven based on their numbers now. Um, I, I, I do have Hovland, but I have Hovland at, at 41 and I just wouldn't bet him at 20. Like I wouldn't do that. Um, and I think there are other guys in that, like, if you want to, if you want to find another target in that, in that 35 to 40 to one mid range, like, like I don't hate Cantley, I don't hate Cam Smith. Um, I just, I can't, I can't get behind. I, I think the other day I was looking at, at the DraftKings board and Hovland was, was, at the uh, like a higher odds or lower odds, whatever you want to say, like right. than than Dustin Johnson, and it's just like God, what are we doing yeah, here? Yeah, like, I love Hopkins, but yeah. what are we doing here? Right. Yeah. So I I, I really I like it, man. I like it. Yeah, I think the analysis is good. I like your I like your board a lot. I think there's a lot of guys who pop and a lot of good value on that board. Yeah, it's um. While also incorporating some of the top guys on the board. You didn't shy away from betting some with laying some money on Dustin Johnson. I love DJ. I think DJ gun to my head. This is DJ's week. Okay. Knowing it all week, I've been hearing whispers in my sleep. DJ at the PGA. It all it's all lining up. The comp courses. He's from South Carolina. Nobody's talking about him. He's gonna come in low owned in DFS. The odds. The odds drop. We talked so much about when the elites. When the odds of the elites drop, that's when you hit them. Right. I mean, Bryson fell to 28 to one. That's when he won the U S open JT fell to 20 to one. That's when he won the players. Rory fell to like 18, 19 to one. That's when he won the uh, Wells Fargo quail hollow Brooks fell to 55 to one. That's when he won in Phoenix, like Morikawa fell to 55 to one. That's when he won the WGC. Like when the odds of the elites like fall back, when they drift, that's when you sledgehammer and DJ's odds have drifted. He's the number one player in the world. Like, it's a hard golf. It's a major championship. Best all around game. Like, give me, give me Dustin Johnson. Give me the number one player in the world. Like, just well, there you have it. It's him. It's him. It's well, his folks, week. There you have it. The sharp has spoken. Dustin Johnson. It is his week. But on, if you don't want Dustin Johnson, there's other names on the board: Patrick Reed, Daniel Berger, Brooks Kepka, Terrell Hatton, Joaquin Neiman, and Louis Oosthuizen. That is the card from the sharp. I can't wait for this tournament. What a, what a fun four days we have starting on Thursday. The Thursday tea time, 8.30 a.m. of Rory. The featured groups are unbelievable. Some of them, yes. Um, I saw Ricky Fowler was in a featured group, which is just like, come on, man. Why, why are we still doing this? Like, why? And yeah. I think Hovland's not, and DJ's not in a featured group, which is. Disrespect. It is disrespectful. I think, I and I think 
you know, I think he that bothers him. Like, I think, like, I, I know we TJ puts on this whole thing, like, you know, nothing bothers he me. He doesn't like, care. Super yeah. low, but you don't think he notices when he's when Brooks is going off with with Rory and JT, and he's going right. off with whoever the hell he's paired up with. Right. Like that, he notices that for sure. How could you not? Like that would give me an extra chip on my shoulder. Why not? Why not? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm pumped too, dude. I can't wait. I think yeah. – and the harder the golf course plays, the more intrigued I am. Yes, so. exactly, and it's definitely going to play hard. Just a quick look at the weather before we wrap up. Uh, I think Friday is going to be the toughest day with the wind. Thursday, they're looking at 13-mile-an-hour winds max. Friday is going to be up to 16-mile-an-hour winds. Saturday and Sunday, it'll be between 9 and 13. Um, but of course that can change quickly um, off the Atlantic ocean right there in South Carolina. Um, it's going to be windy for sure on some of the days and those will, those conditions will play a big part in the tournament as they do in every tournament and especially what time guys are teeing off and how hard the course is playing. I am, I'm so, so psyched. Justin, it was a great podcast, man. Yeah, dude. I just, <laughs> Here, just I can't, I can't get You're pumped. I am pumped, and I can't get my mind past like, like hearing the the press conferences all week of like the longest guys on on tour. Like I think I DM'd you, like this tweet about Tony Finau on like the last five holes today, where he was just driver three wood, driver four iron, like into every green. Like, yeah. Oh, and like we know, like we're golfers, like we know how how much harder it is to to hit it close with with like a hybrid or a or a four iron, five iron than it is with a pitching wedge. Like, give me the carnage. Give me all of it. Like, I can't wait. The distance, like, the like, it's no joke. Like, you've got to be long. Like, DJ is long. It's DJ. It's DJ's week, man. Yeah. Yeah. If it's not DJ. It's Brooks because I love Brooks. Okay. All right. All right. All right. All right. Before we wrap up, <laughs> I have a, a uh, pool that I'm in. I have a lineup. Okay. I want to hear, I want to hear uh, your thoughts on my six guys I have. Okay. Patrick Reed. Okay. Terrell Hatton. Yep. Brooks Kepka. Joaquin Neiman. Jordan Spieth. Louis Oosthuizen. Is this locked? I uh, no, not locked. I don't love Brooks. What do you mean? You just gas Brooks up. Well, you're talking about a pool. Yeah, right? so he's going to be yes. heavily owned. No, he won't be heavily owned. You don't think so? No, I think what? Well, I think if you're looking for leverage, like Spieth is going to be heavily owned, so I would pivot off of Spieth and go to DJ. My opinion. Yeah, but I the salary will not allow that. Oh, because Spieth, Spieth is, is priced so bad in this pool that I'm in. Oh yeah, then okay. Spieth is priced seventy seven hundred. Oh, that's ridiculous. DJ yeah. is priced eleven point. Well, then yeah, then you have to eat the chalk. Like I wouldn't. Right. That, you have right. to. Yes, you have to do that. Yeah. Yes, you have to do that. I don't know why he's <laughs> priced so bad. He was for the Masters in this in this format too. It's because these numbers came out before, like he he his resurgence, like that's right, all. right. Um, I don't like Brooks in DFS because right, so just, minus Brooks, who would I add? Well, what is eighty seven hundred best available? Patrick Cantlay, mm. Brooks Kepka, Tony Finau, Berger. Yeah, so here's right here's the only thing about Berger. I wouldn't Berger's supposed to be so high owned, but I don't yeah. know if it really matters in your in your little pool. I'm uh, keeping oh in my little pool with no like it's gonna it have seven hundred entries. Well, there you go. That's 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 not a little pool. It's just 
Like Berger and Hovland are going to be guys that are so high on. Like you just, you do want a little bit of leverage. I'm going like, to keep Brooks. I'm going to let it ride. There you go. Well, I, but I will. The caution is he's got a high ceiling, but he also has an incredibly low floor. Right. 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 Like he could, his knee could really be an issue and he could like miss the cut by six strokes. Like that's. Oh, so now it's coming out. You're, you're, no, a little it's not. Bit, well, I said, I said, on Brooks. I'm not hesitant. If you're, if you want exposure to Brooks, the only bet you should make on him is an outright, outright win. Outright 50, 50 to one is not, is not a fair number on him. Yeah. Yeah. But I wouldn't bet him in the top 20. I wouldn't bet him in the top 10. I'm not taking him in any matchups. Like I'm not confident he plays well. Yeah. Like yeah. if he does play well, like he can win it. Like that's the thing. I don't hate it. All right. All right. I like it. it. Right. Good, good, good. No, I just had to throw that out there and uh, see your initial thoughts. I like it. Um, at all listen the pga the pga championship kicks off thursday morning kiowa island we will be locked and loaded ready to go watching it we have the outright card last time dustin johnson patrick reed daniel berger brooks kepka terrell hatton joaquin neiman and louis ustazen that is the card the sharp has spoken place your bets folks place your bets mr santu what what, what a great episode. We don't do this enough anymore now that college basketball is not around, but when college basketball fires up again, it'll be a daily podcast once again. Yeah, I I, uh, I miss I miss college basketball too, man. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, your Knicks are in the playoffs this year. Yeah, yeah, my Knicks. They yeah. are. The Sixers are winning it all, so. Okay. That's all I'm going to end this podcast on. The Sixers are winning it all. Place your bets now. All right, Mr. Sounds a great episode, and we will we'll recap next week. Sure. All right, talk to you soon.